Anthony's going off on a nudist holiday, apparently, told me. He's going to be sitting on the beach. <laughs> Nude. I'll tell you which one, actually, if you're very good. Uh, I, was t- I, was just, I was talking to him because we were talking about tax. Don't ask me why, because generally speaking, if it's like every time there is a quiz show on the television, on Good Morning, incidentally, and they go, and what do you do? And they go, I'm a tax man. The audience go, boo, boo. And you think, I like the, the tax men. I mean, I'm, I really do like to, Well, I have to in this business. You, you, you like everybody. And, um, and I remember there was something that I've read in one of the papers today, so it's bound to be in it. I'll have to go through it. And, and it was something to do with somebody who has done something with all their money. They've moved it over. They've done something. They've done something with it. And to be honest with you, I can't remember what the dickens it was, but it was something to do with tax. Although yesterday, what a scary... Yesterday, I walk out of the building, right? Now, I know I can mention this because the Lady Concerned podcast. And as I go out the building, um, and it was a lovely day yesterday, I thought, should I pick up on the marathon? And I thought, oh, I really can't be bothered. Jordan, apparently, uh, didn't acknowledge all the fat. All the people go, good luck, Jordan. A few other people shouting some things. But, um, and she didn't acknowledge anybody, which I thought was a bit sort of snooty when it comes to things like that. But a bit of a shame. But anyway, she is in the Sunday Times ritualist. She's in here. Well, I ploughed through this yesterday like there's no tomorrow because Jordan has told us on numerous occasions that she's uh, on the way to becoming a billionaire. Well, she's so far away from it, it's almost an embarrassment. I mean, you don't want to sort of expose the ignorance of the poor girl. But she's only worth £30 Now, you might say £30 that's an awful lot of money. It is an awful lot of money, absolutely. I wouldn't wouldn't disagree at all. Uh, But she's nowhere... Even if she lived to be 900 years old, she'd never be a billionaire. There is no chance at all. Interestingly, the Beckhams are in at 125 million, mainly due to him. She's only got, I think, 10 million from her Spice Girl days, and the um, royalties come in at about one and a half million a year. Because the Spice Girls managed to get themselves put down as writing, so that was quite good. Uh, but they haven't put down her clothing because they've said there's no evidence that it's actually selling at the moment in, in such quantities. Very interesting. It, it, it was the best read I've ever had. You look at somebody here who's worth 105 million and he runs care homes. Care homes. He has 26 residential homes, this man, Gordon Sanders, uh, six day centres, and 108 million pounds net assets. I must start buying into care homes. It's obviously. And you look at all the people's jobs in here, and there's nobody in broadcasting at all. Absolutely not one per. There's a lot of rich young people, but they're inherited money. And so the uh, the giving list, strangely enough, the Beckhams are not on the giving list. And there's, it goes down to 50. Even Cheryl Cole gave £400,000 to Comic Relief. Whereas the Beckhams, absolutely nowhere. Elton John, £41.9 million, But that's to his AIDS Foundation. And that's, that's, I think, slightly different. I know it goes to it, but I think if people set up foundations, it's, it's a way of... It's, it's all legal, perfectly legal. A lot of very rich people set up a foundation. You will find all sorts, mainly in, in uh, the entertainment industry. They said George Michael's got a foundation. And what it does is it channels money away and puts it in there. So if, if you work one year and you earn, say, 28 million, you stick it all in your uh, foundation. And for that, you are entitled to all sorts of, of benefits. But there's everybody in here. Um, they've got um, Christopher Hooper, Cooper Hone, who is the biggest donator. Strangely enough, you won't believe this, his wealth is 85 million. He's given away... Recent, the reason his wealth is 85 million is because he's just given away 462.5 million pounds. 
So he is the most generous person. Lord Ashcroft has got 1,100 million, but he's just given away 885 million pounds. Isn't it fantastic? Fantastic. But, but that's, that's not the best story. Oh, no, so anyway, so anyway, I walk out the building yesterday. I got quite carried away with it. And uh, as I'm walking around the corner... And I sort of, you know, thinking, right, I'm going to go to this. I've got to go and buy a helicopter, because I wanted to go and buy a helicopter yesterday from Westfield, because I told you over the weekend that I'd been down there. So I've now been twice to Westfield. It's amazing, actually. The big fashion show that was on in the middle has uh, just vanished. Everything had gone. Lisa Snowden was down. I'm waving. Lisa, hi, it's Steve Allen. Totally blanked me. Totally blanked me. Johnny Vaughan had been down there. He'd have been over. Yeah, mate, all right. Loves me, loves me to pieces. Anyway, so I'm, I'm down Westfield and I walk about and I buy some German cans and I do buy my helicopter. But anyway, before that, so I walk out the building here, walk round the corner. And as I walk round the corner, there's a police car pulls up next to me. Hello, Steve. I thought, oh, how embarrassing. There's people sitting at restaurants. People sitting at, uh, probably, oh, God, he's been pulled. What's he down? He's probably a shoplifter. And it turns out, do you remember I told you some time ago? The two ladies who work this area, sorry, work this area, sorry, girls, who, who drive around this area, uh, are police officers, and they're regular listeners, and they podcast. And there was another car behind them as well with another policeman. He went, hello, Steve. So we get all of that. So I'm chatting away to them, and they've decided to look after me in the early hours of the morning, because it's a lot easier for me to get out of my car and get an escort. I said, no, don't worry. At the moment, I feel fairly safe. But uh, really nice girls. Never even got their names. Look at that. So now we'll have to do it tomorrow on the programme when they've actually podcasted. And they will find out. But they're going to do something about... Remember I was complaining about the, uh, the minicabs sitting up the top, going out and approaching women. One, one particular man. I've, I've, and she said, we're, we're going to be looking at that area. So that's quite good. So I was quite pleased about that. Uh, uh, did you have a good uh, Sunday, says Noreen? I did. Had a very, very good Sunday. Wasn't it lovely weather? If you were running the marathon, well done. Or if you were Katie Price, if you were walking the marathon. Took her seven hours. Seven hours. But luckily she had a newspaper with her all the way. So that was great, wasn't it? Very good. Um, Noreen went to a lake in St Albans and sat watching two ducks build a nest. Isn't it fantastic? We had four ducks sitting on the roof yesterday. My friend Lynn said, what do you think they're doing? I said, they're on holiday. They're looking at us. She said, the, one was building, the other was waddling along with a twig, equivalent of us carrying a branch, giving it to the builder. Then off he went again in search of more. He said, I put James Max on whilst I was cooking. Chris from Crouch End phoned in, made mincemeat of her. Is that a recipe? <laughs> the trouble is sometimes, poor old Chris, I mean, she does, she's not of the real world, is she, sometimes? <laughs> Only 28 days to go, says Noreen. For what? For anything interesting? Oh, it'll be a bank holiday, won't it? A bank holiday. And in Hornchurch, of course, I mean, bank holidays are celebrated hugely. Got the racing later. Phil, Phil Blacker will be furious because uh, Jensen had a winner. It's always the way, isn't it? Always the way. Always the way. And very kindly, oh, I'll mention that one a bit later, actually. Very kind, But there was a great feature in the Sunday Times magazine. And it was on what really happens to X Factor losers. And it's such a good article. I've read it. Three times now. And it's, it's got everything in there. At one point, and I have to read this out uh, to you, because uh, I always said to you I didn't, I didn't like him. And it's, it's talking about the people on there. Same difference. Unfortunately, I did predict uh, nothing for them. And I'm quite right. They've had their record contract uh, cancelled. Uh, Eogan, and uh, he's in here because he has an album. Nobody will buy it. Nobody, but, and, of course, if they don't buy it, that'll be it. You know, you might get a couple of thousand people. They've also got here Ben Mills. Ben Mills came third in 2006. Sharon Osborne apparently said to him, listen, can you stage a walkout 
and then we'll get publicity in the paper. And he said, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And uh, he said that was the last time she spoke to me. And Simon Cowell said to him, listen, I'm going to be rude about you on the panel. And he said, I don't really want this. It's got all the stories uh, behind the scenes. Uh, Tabby, do you remember Tabby, who was the uh, the Irish sort of rocker thing? And Sharon went, you're going to be so big, aren't you? You'll be really big. Of course he isn't. And he, he said, for years, my perspective and sense was totally distorted by the X Factor. If you told me the table was an elephant, I would have believed you. He said, the worst thing was... He said, I'm, I'm a musician. I came on. He said, they took the guitar strings off. He said, and I mimed, which was appalling. Steve Brookstein was given £12,500 off. And uh, he says, I, he said, life got very difficult. My website came down. Lots of negative publicity. However, the worst one was somebody... In fact, Rowetta had the most sound advice. And you know she was on... Uh, in conversation with me some time ago. And she said, every time they send a car for you, it comes out of your money. You're paying for it. You're paying for it. So my advice to anybody, they go, oh, I want to be in, I want to be in showbiz and I want to do this and I want lots of money. If they say to you, I was explaining to Andy earlier on, uh, right, we're going to give you, Steve, a million pounds. And you go, wow, you think they're going to give you a million pounds. No, they're not. It's written on a piece of paper, a million pounds. That's your contract. That's what the, the winner of uh, X Factor will get a million pound contract with Simon Cowell's company and with a record label called Psycho, which is S. And what they do is they say, right, well, first of all, uh, you're going to be doing lots of interviews. Every time a car comes to collect you and take you to GMTV or takes you to Richard and Judy or brings you to LBC, you're paying for it. OK, that this is all coming out of your million pound pot. They're, they're not spending a penny. It's all coming out of your pot which is probably protected as well, I should imagine, by uh, an insurance policy. And then they go, right, you've got to make an album. How much do you think it costs to make an album? Well, if you go to a proper studio, you could be looking at, you know, now £400,000. You've got to make a video, because you've got to sell it, and you've got to have all the posts. You're paying for every bit of this. You're paying for your own success, if you like. That's why so many of the X Factor people, like Leon Jackson, like that uh, ghastly brother and sister act... Uh, same difference, have lost their contracts. Because without the backing of these companies, they won't sell a record. They will not sell one record. And the moment you don't sell records, they're not interested in you. Strangely enough, uh, one of them here, Andy Abrahams, uh, says... um, No, it was Ben, sorry. Ben, Ben had said, the worst thing as far as I was concerned, he said, I was on the same show as Ray Quinn. He said, and... I'd, I'd said to him, listen, do not cry. Do not cry. I'll give you 50 quid. Don't cry. He said, and now, he said, I've never forgiven him. He said he cried during the semi. He said you could hear the old ladies at home reaching for the phones. Because he's an actor. And that's what he did. And he knew damn well. It's like Ray Quinn. I mean, you know, not a great actor. But we saw him on the uh, the Dancing on Ice thing. You know, oh, it's very t- I don't think I'll ever be able to manage to do this. Yes, you can. Stop telling lies. And of course he could. And he cried on the X Factor because he can turn on tears like that. And Ben said, I offered him 50 quid. I said, don't do it, don't do it. He said, but he couldn't resist it. And he did. He said, and I've never forgiven him. It's awful, isn't it, what goes on behind the scenes? If only it was like this here. If only it was like this here. But it's not. But at least I got my helicopter. At least I met the police officers. And at least I don't have to sing for my supper. So that's good news. 5.15. Conversation. LBC 97.3. Morning, everybody. Nice to be coming. The reason I mentioned the X Factor 
is because it all ties in. I mean, you might think it's fairly loosely thrown together, this programme, but it ties in with the fact that on the front of the Daily Star this morning, uh, there is the fact that Susan Boyle apparently is close to cracking up. How many times have you read this in a newspaper? The reason she's close to cracking up, her brother John has said, is that she needs to go to America and make money. Okay, because this is the opportunity. He thinks that Simon Cowell is holding her back. Now, let me also tell you, I said I smelt a rat. I said I smelt a rat some time ago, and I'm not wrong, because all of a sudden, now that she's gone back to her normal hair and all the rest of it, the person you saw on the television, I think, was a contrived figure to get the audience reaction, which worked brilliantly. Unfortunately, this woman's been around in the business for quite a while. 14 years ago, she was on a Michael Barrymore show, singing as well when he used to sort of bring people on. So she's not the, the, the stranger to this that you think she is. She's been around for a long, long time. So here she is, and her brother has now said Simon Cowell needs to let her go to America so she can start earning money, she can go on tour. So she quite clearly has got now an inflated image. Now, remember the last time this happened? Steve Brookstein tried to buck the system, and when they said to Steve Brookstein, listen, we want you to do an album of covers, he said, no. And they went, here's £12,500, bugger off, don't come back. And his career went, I mean, he's still working. Susan Boyle's brother has said that Simon Cowell needs to do it. Simon Cowell has said, excuse me, she's under contract to me. I'll tell you what she's doing. Don't start telling me my business. Quite rightly so. So here, they've got her in, in the paper today, her having an argument. Whether or not she has, although strangely, you look at the picture of her, uh, now she's wearing makeup and putting her glasses on, which of course she had. And and you see a woman who quite clearly knows exactly what she's doing. Not the big innocent that you all thought. Not the big innocent at all. She's been around for a little while. In fact, she's been around for quite a long while. So they say she's uh, she's losing it. Uh, she won't. But uh, if she's not careful, it could actually end in in tears. It could end in disaster. The one thing you don't do is upset the man who gives you the opportunity in the first place. Although, having said an opportunity, did you see the dire Kelly Brook yesterday? God, blimey. At one point, I mean, I've always said to you, she is thick. Now, she can't help it. She is naturally thick. When she was hosting on The Big Breakfast, they had to lose her because she can't read. It's not her fault. She looks fantastic. She makes up well. But unfortunately, she's, she's dim as a brush. So yesterday... And I, I really thought that Simon Cowell was doing it on purpose. They have her on there uh, because I think she'd filmed for two days, either two or four days, and she'd done four shows or in two days or two shows in four days, whatever it was. And she did them, and then they actually dropped her because she has no charisma on television at all. She's just pretty girl who's a bit sort of silly and giggly. So a bloke comes on stage, right, and this is the bit that they actually put out yesterday. There's a big set of drums. He's standing in front of it. And so she goes, so what are you going to do? And Simon Cowell looks at her and goes, what do you think? He's going to play guitar. You know, I mean, she is so stupid. I mean, really, he's got a drum kit, darling. What do you think? Rabbit out of a hat? I don't think so. Anyway, so there she was. Anyway, by the time we got to the second bit of the show and different, they dropped her. They obviously far too dim, far too dim. Now, Bryn and Annie went to bed early last night. To do the daily, you see, I thought that as well. But to do the Daily Telegraph crossword rubbish on the box, so we switched it all off at nine fifteen. All the lights went out in Enfield, flooded, total darkness all over the whole of Enfield. Nothing on anywhere. Alarms were beeping. Looked out of the window, total gloom. And our balcony looks over to London and Alley Pally, and we can see the Post Office Tower and further to the east. All the lights in the city of London, but where are we? Blackness. Scurried around looking for candles and torches. Went back to bed. 
And he was getting paranoid about not being able to hear you as it was, uh, as it was still on at 5am. Not to worry. We have a clockwork wind-up radio, which we dug out of the depths of a cupboard. So all was well, and she went to sleep happy. Lights came on around 2.10. We've now got to go around the house resetting all the clocks and timers. I wonder if anybody will tell us what happened. You in Enfield? Did you have the, uh, the blackout as well? Do tell us. Do tell us. 84850, steve at Richard in Horsham. I bumped into him at Waterloo Station on Friday morning. He said, I was very chuffed. However, I'm finding it very hard to get out of bed after a fantastic weekend in East Grinstead and Brighton. <laughs> Richard. I, but he, he came over. He went, Steve Allen? I went, yes. It's like, it's almost a bit of a surprise, actually. I don't think people think I do normal things, like, like go and get a, a sort of a train or something like that. But I do. Elliot in Tokyo. He says, I've been off the radar lately. I just wanted to say it's great to hear you again. Elliot, one of our regulars over the years. Thank you so much indeed. Johnny of Brixton, fit and healthy at the moment. So swine flu is making a scary front page news. America had a number of cases, let's say about 50. Isn't the population of America getting on for 300? UK's population, about 60, 65 million. We had a few people returning with flu-like symptoms. Not the Black Plague, he says. Methinks it's good to take people's mind off the recession. And did our honest MPs ever sort out the expenses mistake? Hmm. <coughs> he said, I've started to cough a little bit. I know the feeling. I'll do it myself every time. Steve, how famous has James O'Brien been? Oh, I don't know. They always say, famous one day, next day's fish and chip paper. You know, I'm sure it'll be, you know, that's, that's what they always say. It's, it's yesterday's news, and now people move on. You know, you don't find me mentioning Jordan every day on the programme, do you? Goodness sake. Well, I'm sure they've actually cut it and put it out, and uh, it'll be various sort of little, little trails and stuff like that. Um, Steve, I feel so naive, says Catherine, after listening to you reading the X Factor article. I knew they wouldn't get the million, but not all the other things. Makes watching it very hollow. As I said a million times before, whether people like it or not, it's a contrived programme. The end result is to sell albums. So what they do is they give them the push. If, for example, Susan Boyle actually records, it'll be an album of covers. It won't be anything original. It'll be an album of covers. They're not going to risk it. So she will be singing I Dreamed a Dream, and there will be a few other songs. And, and it's released, OK? That'll be the first one, and it'll sell a lot of copies. She'll probably be on a fee for it. I'm not sure whether she's up to actually touring. I don't think she's quite up to that at all, because I don't, I don't think she can manage a concert. concert's quite a long time. So I think that what'll happen is they'll bring that out, then they'll see if she can generate any more interest around the world. If she doesn't, that'll be it. It, w- it will finish. Love the X Factor stories, says Mark. Did you watch Come Dine With Me last night? I started to watch it, and then I, I flipped over and watched something else, I'm afraid. Guy says we had a blackout in East Dulwich between 1 and 5 a.m. So now you know. Uh, Daily Mail today, I've got a story about uh, ghastly Anthea Turner and even more ghastly Grant Bovey. I've, I told you yesterday, Miss, Miss Dynamite he said every time he started talking, she put her fingers in her ears. She said, I couldn't bear him. And when they started talking together, she said, I walked away. They were that awful. So here they all are. They turned up at the BAFTAs last night. And there's a three-page uh, special. There's also a whole page on uh, Dreary Jordan uh, running in the marathon. Well, I say running, walking in the marathon. Seven hours, 11 minutes, then went off in a buggy with, um, with Peter Andre. They obviously couldn't manage to walk off the course at the end. Sweet peas, aren't they? Lovely. Uh, so here it is, uh, BAFTAs. ITV bosses cut back episodes of The Bill. And what does it win? Best soap. June Brown did not get an award. Should have done. Should have done. Entertainment performance, Harry Hill again. Comedy performance, David Mitchell in Peep Show. Uh, drama series, Wallander. Never seen it. Continuing drama, The Bill, of course. Uh, factual series, The Amazon, with Bruce Parry. 
bit bald with him. Have you noticed that bloke who did the uh, the pig farm thing? All of a sudden, is now a presenter on the BBC, the one that um, Jamie Oliver sponsored. And all of a sudden, now he's doing programmes about Darwin and everything else. Uh, entertainment programme, X Factor. See? Uh, special award, Jane Tranter. No, me neither. I've got no idea who she is. No idea. No idea at all. We shall have a look. Academy Fellowship goes to Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders, which is quite nice. So, well done to them. And uh, wearing the outfits on the carpet yesterday, Louise Redknapp. I'm sorry, Louise. What were you doing there, love? This is the BAFTAs for people on television. Okay, so people in... What were you doing there? Patsy Palmer, looking very glam. Michelle Ryan, hair a bit ropey at the moment. Davina McCall, looks like we're going to a Disney premiere. Catherine Kelly, uh... No idea, sorry, Catherine, but I'm sure you're lovely. Uh, Christine Bleakley. How are you? She was there as well in a, in a little Amanda Wakeley number. Uh, Tess Daly. My oh, God, Tess, I tell you, stop bleaching your hair. You've ruined it. Oh, Jane Tranter is the controller of BBC Fiction. She heads up the comedy commissioning... Pro- oh, how lucky. How lucky. So, in other words, she was the one who gave you Tessa the D'Urbervilles, Gavin and Stacey, Merlin, Summer Heights High, Survivors, Heroes, Number One Ladies, Detective Agency, Shortstone, Switzerland, Little Dorrit. So, she's done loads of stuff before. So, for doing your job, you get an award now at BAFTA. Good, isn't it? Well done. Patsy Kensit was there. Oh, boring, boring. Liz McLaren, very nice. Alexa Chung. I don't know who she is, but she turns up wearing the most peculiar outfits. Not half as peculiar as somebody called Elise Detroit. Well, I don't know who she is. Oh, she was on Hollyoaks. Well, I mean, you've n- years ago, was it? Oh, she's not recent. Well, possibly the worst dress and hair that you've ever seen in life. Wearing a Baco foil outfit. Who are you, love? Go away. Go away. You're boring. Kate Silverton. I don't know what she was wearing. Poor soul, honestly. Lisa Maxwell's quite nice. Andrea Risborough. Who's she? Andrea Risborough. She's 17. Oh, sorry, 27. I don't know who she is. Uh, Jenny Faulkner. Nice. Hannah Murray. No idea. I think she might be in Skins. Barbara Windsor, of course, glamorous as ever. Uh, Dervla Kerwin. Jennifer Saunders. Looking a bit older now, I think. And who's the... Uh, yeah, Andrea Riseborough. R-I-S-E. Andrea Riseborough. I've got no idea who she is. Well, there are loads of it. There you go. Loads of it. Who is she, though? It's no good typing in Wikipedia, I've discovered. That's a load of old rubbish, isn't it? I tried that the other day for a... For a, a television presenter and I got back something very rude uh, Andrea Riseborough, here we go and she's uh, don't know comes from Newcastle, uh, Never Let Me Go wait a minute, what's she famous for? she's famous f- she's, an a- well, she's an actress but she's, she doesn't oh she played Margaret Thatcher in The Long Walk to Finchley because you all remember that one don't you? not, I didn't remember it, what else has she done? there must be something further down here Doctor Who Confidential she was uncredited in that She's done Magicians as Danny. The Secret Life of Mrs. Bitch. She hasn't done anything you've ever heard of. Dr. Martin. Sorry, Doc Martin. She was in one episode of Samantha. What was she doing there, then? Ridiculous, isn't it? I could have turned up myself, I think. Uh, here she is. This is Susan Boyle's first bid for stardom. So she's been around for quite a while, this little woman here. Quite a while. Uh, other stories of the paper today. Apparently it's all very tedious for the poor girls allowed. Sarah Harding had to rush off stage and eat a banana. The other day, she thought she was going to collapse with nervous exhaustion. I know it's tough, that, isn't it? You know, having to attempt to sing and do other things at the same time. We are the diet generation. We are the people who want to uh, to go on diets. I don't. I really don't. I've, I've decided. Diets don't work. I don't care. But I do want to be friends with Tony Wanacott. 
Tony bet two quid on an accumulator, and each horse won in the race that he put in. I think it was about six races, and he won £310,000, which is lovely. I'm very happy. Except it's not half as good as the uh, lottery coming up on Friday. Because how much is there in the lottery? The pot is £89 million. Pounds. Kind of change your life. Kind of change your life. I would be running next to Jordan going, 89 million, peasant, 89 million, peasant. I'd be doing that, I'd be running up to the Beckhams going, cash, mate, mine's all cash, not houses, and tied up in a pair of jeans with your name on the back. Very worrying. This is LBC 97. Team, nice to be company. Monday morning, LBC 97.3, 8 for 850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Paul says, where did Katie Jordan Price Andre come on the billionaire list? She didn't, because she only got 30 million. So, uh, positively a pauper. I mean, Gareth Gates has got 4 million. Mind you, he did sleep with her, didn't he? I mean, that was a bit worrying, I'm afraid. <laughs> a little bit. And then, of course, denied it, and then his career collapsed. I mean, I don't know how much longer he can make some money, but he can. Uh, we love a guy today. Our special award today goes to Alfonso DiMarco. Alfonso DiMarco makes all the papers today for all the right reasons. A, he's 107, 107, and secondly, he moved from Italy to Britain as a seven-year-old to live above the ice cream parlour that his father ran, because most Italians in those days did ice cream. It was, it was the Hokey Pokey man who came round. Hokey Pokey, Hokey Pokey. I used to rush out in the street thinking it was something different, but it turned out not to be. Anyway, he was born near the city of Casino... Uh, in uh, 1902, he travelled to the UK to join his uh, father Giuseppe, and he still lives in exactly the same place. He's lived there for a hundred years above the shop. Unfortunately, it's not a shop now, it's now uh, a house. So there was the uh, ices and confectionery underneath, Alfonso and Dad Giuseppe, standing outside the shop. He lives above it, exactly the same for 100 years. So he gets our our special mention today. I don't know anybody who's lived in a place as long as that. Fantastic, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. Uh, 84850, steve at Weave them all in on the programme this morning. We, we make that that claim. Sorry, I've got to try and uh, do these things. Uh, very quickly, uh, another one here from... Uh, oh, it's Dan's back. He says, back on nights and on stand in Kingston. I've got you on the iPhone. Finish at seven. Oh, dear. By the time you get to seven, it's bright, isn't it? And you're going home in the... I don't like that idea, Dan. So sleep well later on today. Been a lovely weekend. Uh, fantastic. Angelica, it's the Sunday Times. OK? The Sunday Times. You won't be able to find it now. You have to probably get it online. And uh, then you can read it. Uh, what else was here? There was something I was going to read... What was I going to read out of this paper here? I can't remember, actually. Oh, it was... Oh, oh. Do you know, one person won the lottery on Saturday, getting 7.8 million... Who hasn't checked their tickets? Da, 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 da. Who could be 7.8? I don't want 7.8 million. I really don't. I, re- I, w- I would say to them, you keep it. I don't want it. I'm happy without the money. Oh, my God. Yeah, I could give it around here, couldn't I? I could give it to sort of certain people. Elise Detoit, wearing silver, looking the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen in your entire life. Bad hair, bad makeup. I mean, I don't know what she's doing at the moment. Audience Award went to Skins. Uh, and Jonathan Ross didn't get anything, so the papers have made a big thing about he didn't get anything at all. I don't know why. I, mean, I don't know why people assume that he would have got something. I suppose because he was, he was nominated. Uh, the Bin Man job advert that attracted... How many people were looking for a job as a Bin Man? 
238 applications. Want to come round our way? We've got the laziest bin man in Twickenham. This is, he, even shopkeepers describe him as walk and talk. He walks around, he doesn't act... In fact, at one point, they, they've given him an electric hoover kind of thing. He walks around with it, or failing that, just drops it, leaves it in the middle of the pavement, and a hazard... I don't know why he's not been sued, and then just wanders off to go and talk to some Polish friends in one of the little cafes and leaves it in the middle of the pavement. Really horrible. I was thinking of taking some photos and putting them up around Twickenham going, is this the laziest road sweeper we've ever had? Really, all the other road sweepers pick up tons of stuff. He just wanders about, wanders about, little short fat thing he is, wanders about, stands there, staring into the distance, mentally switched off. You know, 238 people applied for this bin man job. Show, I mean, you know, you'd think they could actually find somebody who'd be interested in doing the thing. I don't know. And what do you do as well if you discover a fast food restaurant aren't paying to have their rubbish removed? They're dumping it in other people's bins. Who does that come under? Does that come under the council? Is that environmental health? Who does that come from? Because I discovered that the other day. A fast food place who dump their... They, they don't pay to have their rubbish removed, which they're supposed to because it's food waste. But they dump it in other people's bins. Dreadful, isn't it? Is there a BAFTA award, says Johnny, winner of Best Emailer of the Year, for turning up on the red carpet with a cleavage, expensive dress and a smile, but no talent in the performance department other than the rumour of a casting couch? I wonder if it's possible to make up your own award show and give the impression it's on a par with winning an Oscar. It has to be cleavage, doesn't it? There's no point in turning up if you don't have cleavage. You've, got to, you've also got to have something very revealing. Let's face it, I mean, various people have made careers on, on wearing... You know, very low-cut things so that everything's sort of dropping out. And, that, the, the, and the press love that. They absolutely love it. I think the, uh, the paparazzi are always looking for something. I just still can't understand why Louise Redknapp would go to the BAFTA Awards. Who on earth would invite her? Anthea Turner's husband has infuriated his creditors by setting up a new housing firm just months after his property empire collapsed with debts of £28 million. <laughs> I can't bear him. I can't, every time I see him, he's got the word irritating little so-and-so. And she as well. Just irritating. Just irritating. Something about, I don't know what it is. We've tried to work it out the other day. We couldn't fathom out what it is that people don't like about them, but nobody likes them. But uh, quite what Baden-Powell would make of this one is anybody's guess. Because the number of girls becoming scouts has equaled the boys. There you go. So girls are doing it as well now. Of the 12 men who've walked on the moon, 11 were former scouts. Baden-Powell's Scouting for Boys was the fourth best-selling book of the 20th century after the Bible, the Koran, and Chairman Mao's Little Red Book. Scouting for Boys. You imagine. Years ago, you'd been locked up for that, I should imagine. The Afghanistan Scout Association has gained 35,000 members since the Taliban fell. You imagine. Mind you, I do remember they had a huge, huge festival for scouts down in, uh, near Chelmsford. Till they discovered that uh, a lot of the ones from Africa who had turned up then absconded and disappeared into the system. It's like there was a woman on the uh, paper yesterday. She was part of, might have been The Apprentice or something like that. She sponsored her uh, brother to come over from Pakistan. And the moment he arrived here, he disappeared into the system. She said, I feel such a fool. I thought, well, no, naivety, I think, would, uh, naivety would be, uh, I suppose, the, uh, the only way you could describe yourself there. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. .co.uk. So I'm to cover Andrea Risborough. I decided I wanted to see her again. I didn't think she'd actually done anything, although I did like Magicians, which I thought was a very, very good film indeed. Um, we're off to the airport for a week in the sun, says Sue and Harriet. Off to the airport for a week in the... How lovely. A week in the sun. Where are you going for a week in the sun? I hope it's good. 
Uh, please wish Frank a very good day. College is cancelled. Won't be, of course. It'll be just to sort of wind you up so you can uh, stay in bed a little bit longer. Because people like that on a Monday morning. If you ran the marathon yesterday, you must be exhausted. You must be absolutely kerry-packered. It must be dreadful when you, when you sort of get it. Oh, bones must ache. Also, sunburn. People were putting on sunblock yesterday. I mean, can, you know, just oh, phenomenal amount. Uh, on the subject of um, swine flu... Here are the hard and fast questions that you should uh, be asking, and I'll give you the answers as well. What is it? It's a respiratory disease which infects pigs regularly, usually in autumn and winter. Confirmed deaths from this already so far. Scotland, two suspected cases, in case you got a bit panicky. Uh, Israel, one. Spain, three. France, two. Mexico, confirmed cases, 1,400. Mexico, deaths, 86. United States, 20. Canada, 6. And New Zealand, 10. Can humans catch it? They say, not usually and very rarely from another person. That's why the current outbreak is being taken quite seriously. Is swine flu the same as swine fever? Nope. Swine fever affects only pigs and has different symptoms. Is it safe to eat pig meat? Yes. There is no evidence it can be passed on through eating infected animals. Can it be treated? Yes, US medics have two drugs. Uh, Tamiflu and Relenza have been successful against the mutant. Uh, how worried should you be? Experts say we're close to a pandemic than at any time for 40 years, but stress it's too early to assess the dangers accurately. And uh, what are the symptoms? Symptoms are very similar to human flu, including breathing problems, fever, fatigue, vomiting and diarrhoea. Okay, so now you know. There's a a full report in most of the papers today telling you, because people want to know, and you'll probably go onto the internet and you'll probably find out exactly the same things on there, but I thought I would save you the time this morning by actually telling you. Uh, Other stories in the paper today, apart from the the Queen has lost 50 million, uh, Kirsten O'Brien, children's... uh, Have you seen children's BBC recently? My God, I tell you, some of it is absolutely disgusting. I don't know how. There was Mark and... Somebody the other day, two former... They might have been on X Factor or something, Mark and some... Whatever they do, they were licking each other's armpits. Um, if this is children's BBC, the sooner it's closed down, the better. It was, quite clear. The most, and then they get their feet up on the desk. I mean, ju- this isn't... Surely children are not watching this kind of rubbish, are they? And why are most of the children's presenters quite aged... The BBC seem to have more old presenters than anybody else. Mind you, ITV have had a few on Toonastic or Toon Attack or whatever it is on a Saturday morning. I think the presenters must be about 40. Just ridiculous. They seem to have nothing in common with children whatsoever. Uh, Jonathan Ross was uh, definitely trying to wind up Tony Hadley the other day because he said, uh, you know, you put on a lot of weight. Assuming that people years ago who were in the business look exactly the same now. I mean, they don't, admittedly, I mean, I'm one of the very few lucky people who looks exactly the same now as he did uh, yesterday. So that's good news, isn't it? I bet you don't. And well done to the six lambs born from a single ewe called Dolly. It's not the same Dolly, but it it sounds the same. And they've actually named the sheep. I mean, I don't know whether or not Hugh Broom names his sheep, but they've called these Valerie, Harriet, Scrappy, Rosie, Chunky and Slim. You're going to be eating them okay very shortly. Perhaps they should put on the packet. This was slim. This was chunky. He enjoys scrappy. Farm worker Mark Richardson said he'd never seen so many lambs from a single ewe. Six. 
I thought normally it's, it's one or two, isn't it? Something like that. I mean, I'm only guessing wildly. I think one or two, but, uh, but very interesting. Uh, more as well on the, uh, the stewardess who will not obey Islam and faces the sack. Uh, I'll tell you about that story in a moment because it ties in with uh, more on Susan Boyle, who apparently is absolutely shattered. If you look at her new image, it bears no resemblance to the woman that you watched on YouTube. Absolutely no resemblance whatsoever, apart from wearing a naff Burberry scarf. Do you know I dreamt about Danielle Westbrook last night? I dreamt, I haven't dreamt about Danielle Westbrook ever. And I've just remembered it now, looking at the Burberry scarves. I remember there was that awful picture of Danielle Westbrook wearing all Burberry, the little skirt, the, it just, I mean, I should, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was, sorry, a bit of a sniffy cold. But she was wearing Burberry, the hat, the push chair, everything. It was so revolting. And it kind of made it look really cheap and horrible. And Susan Boyle is wearing a Burberry scarf. Now, the trouble is, it's probably a very nice shop. But it's just got an image now, hasn't it, that only naff chavs wear it. And there is, in uh, one of the papers, the chav list of the richest people. Who do you think are king of the chavs? Who do you think are king of the chavs? I was surprised. They put down as king of the chavs the Beckhams. The Beckham. Well, I wouldn't have thought that. I'd have thought Peter Andre and, uh, and that thing, that pneumatic thing he's with. But uh, never the Beckhams. They'll be mortified to discover that people think they're chavvy. Bit naff, isn't it, really? 16... No, it's not. 15 and a half minutes to six. <laughs> Morning, everybody. It's 13 minutes to six. Steve Allen's early breakfast, LBC 97.3. So here is the British flight attendant in the paper today. She's facing the sack for refusing to wear Islamic robes and walking behind male colleagues when in Saudi Arabia. Because, believe it or not, even though we're in the year 2009, women have to walk behind men. God knows what happens if you've got a very fast woman who can overtake men because she's going to be in big trouble. I mean, we are talking about a country that still has executions. We're talking about a country, as far as I'm concerned, it's so bloody backward, it's untrue. Why women allow themselves to be pushed around like this? There was one feature in one of the Sunday papers this week in one country, and I think it could be Tehran, where if a woman writes poetry, her husband can have her executed. I mean, you've never... You've, you just beggars belief half the time. But anyway, uh, this woman here... Uh, works for BMI, the airline. They sacked her last April after she refused to fly to Saudi Arabia. They began flights there in 2005 and said to all staff, it's expected that female crew members will walk behind their male counterparts in public areas. They were given uh, abayas, which are the black robes that cover everything but the face, feet and hands. Uh, Miss Ashton was advised by her union that it was considered a part of the uniform although Western women are not required to wear an abaya in the Arab Kingdom. And this year, a tribunal found BMI's rules of a different culture were justified and cleared it of a sex discrimination. I mean, to be quite honest, if that's what their rules are, and if they say, listen, you work for BMI, we fly to Saudi, that's what they're expecting, either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. If you don't want to do it, go work for somebody else. Simple as that. But I don't think you can make an issue out of it. It's, 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 it's disrespectful. I mean, no matter what, what you might think of it, the fact that it's balmy and barking mad that women have to walk behind men, however stupid it might seem and old-fashioned, that's what their rules are in that country. We have, we, we have rules as well, and people would be expected to abide by them. So I think you're kind of on a losing wicket on that one. If they fly to Saudi Arabia, what do you expect to get off? In a miniskirt or something? And of course not. You have to be dressed respectfully. Although, to be honest, you can always spot Muslim women in London because, for some reason, black seems to be the predominant colour. I keep seeing women wearing black. Why can, can we not? There must be some really nice reds and whites and great stuff like that. I saw a poor woman the other day and everything was black. And I thought, you know, black I would wear because it's thinning. It does make you look very slim. But I thought, let's, there must be some really fantastic outfits. But if you look, all the, um, 
Is it the niqab, which is the complete covering? They're all black. Why can't they be red or white or green or something? I'm sure that women would love a choice. They'd love to go out there and go, I tell you what, I'll have it all in red because I think it looks really attractive. Not black all the time. Let's have another colour. Black so last year. Let's go for blue. Go for something interesting. Other stories of the papers, apart from um, the fact that I can bring to you now, uh, Madonna's ex, Guy Ritchie, has brought her home 200 yards from her London mansion, so they're obviously still speaking. So that's good news. And uh, Abigail Witchells, do you remember her? This was the woman who was knifed in the neck by a maniac as she pushed her son in his buggy and left for dead. She could only communicate by blinking. Well, she's regained her speech. She has regained her speech, and there's a picture of her in the paper today. And uh, she's optimistic of leading a full life again. So good for her. There's another one of these loonies out on the streets of, uh, of this country. Uh, Steve, Louise Redknapp did an advert, says Tony the Cabot. Yes, it was, it was bread, wasn't it? She advertised bread. I think because she didn't have a singing career. I think the singing career went ages and ages ago. So she's married to, uh, into the Redknapp family, and they're very rich. I think Harry Redknapp has got a huge house on Sandbanks down near Bournemouth, which is worth something like 15 or 20 million. I mean, they are very rich. So every time I see them on the television advertising, I think they were doing Nintendo Wii's at one point. I just think, oh, God, they really don't need it. You know, they're far too rich to be doing things like that. But I do feel sorry this morning for Paula and uh, Michael. Uh, Paula and Michael took refuge in a garage when they lost their jobs and home in the credit crunch. They were left shamefaced when the owner found them inside his garage. They just moved into somebody's garage. They put all their furniture in there and they lived there. So every morning they pay £2.40 to go to the swimming pool so they can have a shower. And then they go to uh, uh, a pub lunch and spend £1.50. I don't know where you go for £1.50 to get a pub lunch. Do tell me. But, uh, oh, I, I, I must tell you, I did go again the other day to Westfield. And I was absolutely right, first time round, the only places doing any business are the food outlets. Every, and the funny thing in there, there's no McDonald's, there's no Burger King, there's no Kentucky Fried Chicken... They're obviously looking to keep what they think are sort of naff-type shops out. They want to keep it up markets. All the food places... I mean, we did sit at the champagne bar the day before and have two glasses of champagne, which I'll be paying for the rest of my life. But uh, all, all the food places are fairly up market. I'm very polite, very polite, but I've just got myself a Starbucks card and you get free shots with it. So that was very exciting. Although, uh, you get free, free extra shots and free... Free, uh, free cream and free sprinkles or whatever it is. That's quite good, isn't it? I often wonder why, you know, you, you patronise a place and you don't seem to get anything in return. So now I am. Uh, coming up soon, in fact, tomorrow we're going to be talking to the lovely Anita Harris and she'll be in conversation. She's currently playing legendary stage musical star Gertrude Lawrence uh, at the New End Theatre until the 3rd of May. So it's just around the corner. In fact, uh, it is just around the corner. Play is set over four days as Lawrence returns to London and prepares to go off and entertain the troops. It marks the 70th anniversary of the outbreak of the Second World War and lets Lawrence step out of the shadow of her muse and longtime friend, Noel Coward. So that's Anita Harris. And, of course, you remember Anita from a long time ago. She was David Nixon's uh, magician's assistant for many years. Big hit single, Loving You. Popped up on every television show. Got a very famous husband who's a very good artist, so we will be talking to her tomorrow. And Mike Batt as well, who's got a whole series of... CDs which he's released of all the music over his uh, career. So I'm looking forward to talking to him. And that'll be, I think, the week after next for In Conversation. So we'll be doing, doing that one. Uh, well done as well to um, Zara Phillips, 
She's riding high. She's got a quarter of a million pound horse box. In fact, it's it's more luxurious for her than it is for the uh, for the horses. It, it'll take four horses, but it's got everything in it. You've never seen an interior like it. I mean, a quarter of a million pounds for a horse. It's even got pull-out sides, so you can have a you know a kitchen and a bathroom and everything. And you think this is for a horse box? But I suppose if you go out to do eventing, it's got two widescreen televisions, sound system, walnut interior, and computerized cameras. It's a horse box. Must have more money than sense, these people. More money than sense. Actually, talking more money than sense, you must read the Sunday Times Rich List. If you didn't get it yesterday, do try and find it online, because it's, it's well worth it when you suddenly realise how much money people have got. How much money is floating. How rich some of the rich people are. I'm delighted to report that ice cream vans have been banned from housing estates because they make children fat. Well, they do if they're using, um, you know, cheap ice cream. You know, you get really good ice cream and then you get cheap ice cream. And I think most of the ice cream vans, most of them, are generally... Spe- most of the dodgy ones around where they just sort of park up and start dispensing ice cream, not the ones who've got licences. Um, other sort of people, they couldn't care what's in the ingredients. Makes no difference. It's like the, the hot dog sellers. Dreadful, disgusting people. Filthy, awful, not licensed. Uh, I've seen them before. In fact, the standard did a huge thing where they saw a pigeon had on its way over and all they did was they just sort of rolled the sausage in it and just carried on cooking it. Because the only thing you're, you're tempted by is, unfortunately, the smell of onions. And we love the smell of a cheap, horrible, revolting, disgusting and put out by people who've generally got medical illnesses. You shouldn't go anywhere near the hot dog sausages. That's why the police have got this never-ending job of trying to get them uh, off the roads. They don't wash their hands. And they, they pick everything up with their filthy, dirty hands. They pick their noses. They're disgusting people. Absolutely disgusting. So I'd be quite glad to see ice cream vans off the street as well. Years ago, it was quite good. You know, we never thought there'd be sort of criminal gangs running ice cream vans. But uh, unfortunately, now in London, they do. Is it my imagination? Or has Liam Gallagher turned into a bit of a, bit of a lovey? Every time you see him out now, he's become a little lovey. He used to be so... had a bit of, a, bit of an, an aggressive edge to him. But, uh, but now... Not really, just looks like a bit of a softy. Wearing some very girly shoes, I'm afraid. Very girly shoes. I can't remember who he's, he's married to. Is he, um... I don't know, uh, I don't know who he, he's married to. Is it one of the Appletons? Is it Nicole? Was she the barking one who went on the I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, and a tree touched you? Uh, a tree touched me! Was it the other one? Was that Nicole? Nicole Appleton? Oh, we're going to look it up. We're going to find out, actually. I'm quite curious. Because he's so turned into a lovey now. He turns up to all these sort of events and you think, oh dear, where's the edge gone? The edge has gone nowhere. And there's a bit of a staged picture of some people trying to kick Pixie and Fifi. That's not Fifi Trixabel, it's somebody else. Uh, as they were sort of turning around. Although, to be honest with you, it could be anybody. It could absolutely be any- you, you can't really tell. And apparently they said here in the, uh, the goss with Charlie Morgan, with an eye, and Jessica Brown with a lot of Botox. <laughs> Actually, who was I looking at on the television the other day? Piers Morgan on The X Factor. I was totally convinced that Piers Morgan had had uh, Botox. There's just... It's too smooth. That's right. Liam Gallagher has married Nicole Appleton, his long-term girlfriend, a secret ceremony. But now you look at a picture, he just looks like a middle-aged man now, poor soul. But was she the balmy one? And oh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. It was one of the Appletons. Was it the other one? We're going to check, actually, because it was, it was quite funny. Every time something touched it, uh, uh, tree touched me. <laughs> you think, have you been out recently? 
the press made it. I had an absolute field day with it. An absolute field day. We love stuff like that. 84850, steve at uk. We're going to take the uh, news very, very shortly. And more of your texts and emails. And I'll run through again for the benefit of those people just waking up who won at the BAFTAs. Sad to report that June Brown didn't get anything. It was Natalie Appleton. She's mad as a barrel load of mad things. Oh, she, uh, and they were like that. It was the funniest thing I'd ever watched. It was a bit like watching Hell's Kitchen, which somebody asked me about the other day, and I have to, have to be honest with you, I haven't actually watched it. I just delight in the fact they vote people off. But it's coming down to a, a final, and we were exactly right when we predicted the other week of who, who was uh, going to be doing it. Bad news is Danielle Bucks, otherwise known as somebody even dimmer, and Kelly Brook wants to open a pub with Gary Lineker after leaving her spell on Hell's Kitchen. I wouldn't want to eat anything you prepared, love, at all. And don't let your mother in there. The cutlery be nicked straight away. You know what she's like. God, blimey. Tea leaf for a mum. How dreadful. But she says she grew to like Marco Pierre White. It's fame by association. I've said to you before, how do you become famous? You either marry somebody who is famous or you have a relationship with them. Because she's had loads of relationships in the past. But it's only since Gary Lineker famous for advertising crisps, or as somebody said, he looks a little bit like a World Cup, doesn't he, if you actually sort of hold him by the ears. And, uh, which I thought was very cruel, poor man, but I wouldn't touch crisps if you paid me. I really wouldn't. And in fact, Danielle Bucks, I'm afraid, is going to be boring the pants off everybody for about the next, uh, well, five minutes, if I have my way. Driving up a narrow country lane. Morning, team. It's six minutes past six. I was right, actually. It is Natalie Appleton who was uh, who quit I'm a Celebrity. And the reason she quit, and you shouldn't laugh, really, but uh, she's also been branded irritating by her own sister. Uh, this was the one afraid of a tree. And also, uh, I think most of us enjoyed uh, picking her to take part in a variety of challenges. She was picked five times to take part in the Bush Tucker trial, mainly because people knew that she was actually going to pieces. It was hilarious. I mean, at one point, she had to eat bugs. She walked a trolley across a tightrope, and then she screamed for her mother. She was quite clearly there. Almost, it, it was funny if it hadn't been so sad, but five times you, the viewers, picked her to go and do these trials <laughs> each time she got work. When a tree touched her at one point, I thought she was going to pass out. Very funny. Anyway, nice to have company between now and uh, seven. We'll take your texts and emails. Steve at lbc.co.uk, eight for eight five oh. Lots of stiffness this morning, I reckon. I reckon a lot of you are waking up with a lot of stiffness because uh, it's Monday morning and if you ran the marathon, you'd be going, oh, ache, ache, neck, legs, back, arm, any of you, any part of your body, it just aches. Susan Spence did not do the uh, marathon, neither did I, but I mean, not through lack of interest. Both of, both of us uh, could have done it if we wanted to, Susan, couldn't we? Well, absolutely, but it, it's funny you should talk about stiffness because, and I think you've just said that about the marathon. I really yeah. feel quite guilty because um, on I think it was Friday or Saturday, I did the gra- the back grass, and then I, I did some weeding at the front and, and cut a, a bush with some shears. <laughs> and honestly, today I feel as if I've been put in a washing machine on full yeah. spin. I am aching all over. Yeah. So imagine what it must be like if you've done. 26-odd miles of a marathon. I don't know how they do it. I mean, I've, I've seen some of them. We were talking to Charlotte overnight, who was uh, producing Anthony, and her, mm. her brother did it, dressed as a... He's a fireman. So he did it in the whole, git, uh, the whole gear with, um, with ca- gas canisters on his back and everything. Oh, my God, and it was such a hot day yesterday oh, as well. Oh, I mean, In fact, it was possibly... It was a lovely day, but not for running. No, I think the, the most I've ever done is I did a 
I think I did a Sunday Times fun run a couple of years ago. Well, I say a couple. It was more than a couple. I can't remember how many miles that was. It was maybe three or something ridiculous, and that was bad enough. Yeah. Let alone 26. I don't know how they do it. Really, I don't. I don't know. It's interesting, actually. Somebody says here, I'm not a big fan of Katie Price, but she did complete the marathon and raise a lot of money for charity. Well, we don't know how much she raised. We have no idea. I don't think there's... It's never been documented how much she raised for charity. But you can always listen to her and she'll tell you everything, but, um... But wasn't it that she she actually fell and hurt her ankles? Yes. So took her she walked the last bit. Yeah, that's yeah, why it was seven yeah. hours. I feel a bit sorry for her, actually, because I don't know how far... Was it about the 18-mile mark that that happened yeah. or something like that? Yeah. I mean, still, to complete it, she did really well to complete it if she's... I mean, seven hours, she must be mortified. Well, I would think so. I mean, it's, it's hardly a sort of record. It's, I want to find out what the people around here did it in. Yeah. Because we, we, we have a lot of professional runners here. I only saw one person yesterday while I was out, somebody in Ealing, I saw with a, I saw somebody and I thought, what's that a bit strange? Why is that person wearing a medal? Yeah. And then I suddenly I got, got a glance at it and I thought, ah, now I know why you're wearing the medal, and quite rightly, so you should. Right. After having done all that. <laughs> oh. I'd, I'd love to be able to do it. I would love to be able to say that I was that fit. I thought Nell did very well. Nell? Nell McAndrew. Oh, did she? I, yeah. didn't, I didn't, to be honest with you, I really didn't see who did what, except for the professional um, athletes. I saw what they did, but yeah. I didn't see the, the celebrities. So what did she do? Oh, she, she did really, really good timings, I thought. Really good time. Well, but the trouble is, she is fit. She does do a lot of marathons. I was about to say, she does do quite a few marathons, if I recall. Yes. So, yeah. But Ronan that, Keating and, did it. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, Looked a bit unrecognised. I don't know what was going on with the hair yesterday. He <laughs> was having a, a bad hair day, I suspect. Keith Duffy, I wouldn't have thought he had the energy to do anything like that, but he did. Oh, and, wow. Uh, I forget yeah. who else was there. there. There was a number of sort of people. It's a shame, actually, he got overshadowed by, by BAFTA. Yes, yeah, well, BAFTA was... Um, there were a few shocks, really, weren't there? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a few. You're thinking June Brown, aren't you? Well, I wanted June to win. Yes, I think um, she was obviously the favourite to win because of the fact that she did that standalone episode that it was only her acting in uh, for for 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it, to be honest with you, it doesn't really surprise me that she didn't because a lot of people, um, I say a lot of people, a lot of the younger audience didn't like that. They didn't like her going back and talking about her life and all of that kind of thing. So I think if you remember at the time, there was quite a lot of criticism for it from the younger audience. The the older audience really liked it because they could relate to it. Mm. Um, but I think it did it did come in at the time for a little bit of people thought, mm, not very sure about that. So that that could have been, well, that could have been why for that one particular episode. But overall, yeah, I mean, the woman pretty much sometimes single-handedly keeps EastEnders going. Yes. Um, with, with her acting and the way that she, you know, performs her character. So I did think when I saw her there, I thought, oh, yes, for you to be there, that must mean that you're going to get something. That's what I so, thought as well. Yeah, because she didn't tend to, I mean, there's only once I've ever seen it at something, and she doesn't tend to, to go to a lot of things. So I thought, hmm, it's a bit of a given. And then, of course, it didn't happen. I thought, ooh, that's a bit of a surprise. Um, I have to admit, though, I, 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 was, um, I was pleased for the bill to get, um, you know, best continuing um, or drama. 
Um, Considering it's just been was... cut back by ITV. Well, a bit ironic, isn't it, really, yeah. that the past its episodes, a lot of the people working on it are, are going to be fired, and now they're down to one episode. But, I mean, it's been going for 25 years. It's the first time it's won one, so I think that's pretty good. I would have really would have liked Emmerdale to have won it. I really did wish that they would win it. But, again, you're kind of sitting there thinking, there's no way you're going to win it. Mm. Um, a bit of a shame. And so EastEnders... EastEnders, I don't think it would have been deserved if EastEnders had won it because the problem with EastEnders is that one minute you can, it can be fantastic. You can watch an episode of EastEnders and think, God, that was really good. And then you can, the next day you can watch an episode and think, oh my God, that was a load of rubbish. So it's not consistent. Whereas one thing that they say about the bill is that it is consistent. And that's why I thought Emmerdale should have won it because Emmerdale is consistently good, I think. Um, and I, I think that really, in a way, you know, East, EastEnders was really, th- for me, EastEnders was third in that list. I didn't think that Casualty had a hope. But then again, the other year, we didn't think that Holby had a hope of winning it. And of course, they did. Yeah. Um, so there's never any rhyme or reason. But yeah, I mean, nobody in the soap won anything. None of the soaps got anything. So a bit of a shame, really, if you're it's a soap fan. I, I asked a question at the beginning of the programme. What the dickens is Louise Redknapp doing at the BAFTAs? Do they just have a list of people that go, who, who can we actually get to turn up so we can get some coverage of the papers? As far as I know, she's not actually in a soap. She's not actually on television doing anything. No, she, <laughs> she's not. No, what was she I, there for? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just think maybe, like you say, that she's perhaps, maybe, maybe somebody invited her. Um, as their guest, or I don't know. I don't think there's any reason for her to be there because she isn't in any... Oh, no, she did do a television programme. Do you remember she did that thing to do with weight? Oh, right. Now, that was maybe a couple of months ago oh, she right. was on testing something to do with... And, and that warrants you get an invite to BAFTA? Well, no, <laughs> one wouldn't think so, but perhaps somebody invited her. But um, I, I say that, though, I quite like Louise Redknapp. I do quite like her. Oh, yeah. Um, oh. yeah, I do quite like her. But, yeah, it's a bit, it seems a bit strange that she that she was at the BAFTA. Yeah. I do find it odd, um, and they they all do their, their posing on the, on the catwalk. They all appear to turn up by themselves. Because, you know, whenever you see a picture of... Well, you think, do they not turn up with partners and husbands and everything else? Or do the, does the partner and husband stand to one side and go, excuse me, just stand up, Louise Redknapp's husband, away. OK, away, we don't know who you are, go away. OK, Louise, if you stand there, love. Well, I think with Louise, I think with Jamie Redknapp, Jamie would absolutely be by her side because he's better known than she is. But yeah. with the others, then, yeah, they normally say to them, can you stand to one side and, and they take the picture and, and they go in. I did see Adam Woodgett there. He's got a beard, did you notice? He had a beard. Good Lord. I yeah, didn't see that he's bit. not got a beard in the storylines at the moment, so maybe that's coming up, or maybe he's just got a bit of a holiday and he decided he'd, he'd grow a beard. He looked very mature. Well, I, 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 yes, because he is so young, isn't he? He, do, he does look young all the time. Listen, talking of growing beards, I have to leave you. <laughs> I have to leave you and grow a beard of my own. Okay, well, I look forward to seeing that next week then. <laughs> Listen, the one thing you'll never see on my face is a beard. I couldn't grow one. I couldn't grow one. Oh, well, isn't it? Well, it's to do with the hair on your head. I understand that. Bless your heart. Have a, have a nice time. We'll talk to you soon. OK, bye. Bye. There she is, Susan Spence. It's uh, 6.15. News morning, everybody. 18 minutes past six. Lovely day. Well, I hope it's going to be a nice day today. Yesterday, you couldn't top yesterday. As, as days went, it was lovely. But as I say, I bet many of you, 35,000 of you, probably listening at the moment, were going, oh, I'm aching all over. Even poor Susan Spence said she was only doing a bit of gardening. She was aching. Because the sun was burning down. We should really... I mean, I'm as guilty as an ex-person. I don't think that I'm going to get burnt. But, of course, I do get burnt. You go out there and you've got to be very careful. Uh, thank you to Declan, who's apparently on Deal or No Deal. And uh, do you know, I haven't watched it this week. I'm a bit remiss, I'm afraid. He said, I won £6 million on the lotto. 
due to a cash flow problem, they said, could they give you a million a week for six weeks? I said, listen, give me my pound back and stop messing me about. It's an old gag, but it's, it's worth repeating at this time of the morning, especially as somebody won all that money the other day and we're so happy for them. And, uh, and this week, I think on Friday on the Euro Millions, it's going to be £89 million. My God, I shall be a hunted man at the end of that. Stephen Bridlington, no. Uh, Kelly Brook again on ITV, says Roland, two. The last one to buzz a contestant when asked if she wanted the act to go through to the next round. She said yes. The other judges said no. Why did you buzz him then? He was boring, she said. I don't think she quite understood what was going on there. I don't think she understands how, how, how the game is sort of uh, played. Uh, Stephen, uh, tell Susan the soaps aren't real. No need to worry. They are real. Excuse me. I think they're very real. A lot of people rely very much on what goes on in Wolford. I've been there. I know exactly what happens. Uh, Steve, in, we- in Westfield, all the fast food joints are out of the way at the end of the complex, uh, down near the buses. Oh, well, they're not actually inside it at all. They're not inside, so they might be. Uh, 84850, uh, Steve, we... Uh, sorry, not we. Re Louise Redknapp at the BAFTAs. Maybe she turned up to the wrong award ceremony. Should have been at the footballers' bash. Well, I don't know, actually. I mean, she has been on that one uh, programme. And I think it's... I don't know. That, that warrants people turning up now. It's like Caprice. You sometimes see Caprice turning up and you think... But what does she do? In fact, strange enough, Caprice has been absent for our shores for some, for some weeks now. For some, in fact, months. For some months. And she's come back with a much fresher face. Far be it for me to suggest Botox or anything else. <laughs> 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Actually, and I've discovered as well where this place is. And again, I have to refer back to the Sunday Times. This is where, where women are very much second-class citizens. Afghanistan. This is the only place where a woman can be gang-raped and the law does nothing. This is the only place where a woman can be murdered by her husband for writing poetry while he goes free. Nobody does a thing about it. In fact, there was a woman over here a short while ago from Afghanistan, and she said, surprisingly, it is now worse over there than it's ever been for women. People, people live in fear because the men are so revolting. You know, people treat women like not even second-class citizens. As one woman said, she said, we're treated worse than cows in a shed. That's, you know, that's how bad it is. That's how disgusting it is in the year 2009. That's why when you look through the Sunday Times rich list, rich list you think there must be so many things that you can, you could sort of do. There's a man here who has a fortune of, uh, he's in finance, because everybody's in finance. They're either in finance or pharmaceuticals or care homes, because nobody's in broadcasting to make a lot of money, unfortunately. They've got U2. Their uh, wealth is 423 million. It's not bad, is it? Now, it was you too, I think. This is what they've done here. This, I knew there was something. I couldn't remember, I couldn't remember earlier on. Somebody was doing something tax-wise. And it's you too. What they've done now, uh, a decision to move their business to the Netherlands, where there is virtually no direct tax on royalties after a cap was placed on tax-free royalties in Ireland. So that's what they've done. They've moved everything to the Netherlands. So there are, there are tax breaks there. So they now say that uh, even though they were going to begin to, uh, some, uh, some building work on the, the banks of the Liffey, it's been put on hold, 493 million they're estimating their worth now. I think that's collectively, collectively as a group, but it's uh, Dermot Desmond who's worth 1,412 million. He's actually down 11%, down 11%. Fantastic, these amounts of money, isn't it? And it's, it's amazing how many people, you know, are just very, very generous. There's a whole uh, island's top 250, the Scotland's 250, the sporting people. It's amazing how much sporting people were. There's a guy here called uh, Patraig Harrington. 
He plays golf. And uh, he's a new entry with a fortune of 30 million. 30 million. I mean, it's just frightening how much money you can actually earn. I, I mentioned the other week as well that my, uh, my little four-year-old, Danielle... God, blimey, you better be four, because I can't remember when you're five now. They'll have to be told later. Uh, and I was talking about the fact that she loves singing along to Hairspray. And I got an email from Simon Thomas, who is the marketing director of Sing Along A Worldwide. And he said, surprisingly... Uh, if you want tickets for her to do to, to Sing Along a Hairspray at the Prince Charles Cinema, north side of Leicester Square, let me know and I can arrange it. It's coming to the end of the run. Last show is the 27th of June. 27th of June. So that's for Sing Along a Hairspray. So you can actually go along and sing all the songs. How fantastic. I think she's a wee bit young for that kind of thing. But Simon, thank you very much indeed for the offer. She'll be thrilled to pieces. But she loves singing along in the car, but perhaps perhaps a little bit young for that. Uh, reviewing the papers for Nick Ferrari this morning, Yasmin Alibi-Brown, columnist for The Independent. They're going to be talking about uh, Alistair Darling's new budget, going to cause a mass exodus of British entrepreneurial talent. This is after Andrew Lloyd Webber was talking in the paper the other day, saying what he's done is he's stifled it. People who are earning money, and they've worked hard at it, are going to be penalised to pick up for, for, for the government's shortfall which is rather a shame. So what, what, what's going to happen is a lot of people... Sir Michael Caine himself is in the papers again today, and he's saying it's, it's just not for why are people being picked on. Somebody else has said, well, you know, he can afford not to work, but he chooses to work. He said, I get up at 6am every... That's why he's listening to this programme. He said, I get up at 6am every morning. He said, and I go to work. And that's what I do. He said, I don't really know why I should have to sort of, you know, pay for the people who can't be bothered to get off their bottoms and get out there and work. I get up every morning at quarter past two. Admittedly, I love it. I don't, I don't complain about it, because I think, you know, if I wasn't doing that, what else would I be doing? I have to get up. You know, I always say I'll, I'll get up anyway. So you're up at quarter past two, and people get quarter past two in the morning. You go, it's time some people are going to bed. And it's true, you arrive in Leicester Square, and there's people who are still up. They haven't actually been to bed, whereas I've been to bed, got up, and I'm going into work, because that's what we do. I never understand people who are ungrateful about jobs. It was listening to James Max over the weekend, he was talking about... Um, uh, the, the taxation of the 50 pence in the pound and a few people phoning up saying, well, I think it's right that rich people should pay more. Obviously, in an effort to sort of make rich people poorer and poor people richer. Uh, one, one particular bloke who, who thought that people who had big cars, you know, shouldn't, and should, should pay more money without accepting the fact or even understanding the basic fact that people worked hard for things. If you work hard for something, that's your reward. Some people choose to spend it on the lottery. Some people choose to spend it on beer. Some people choose to spend it on Kentucky Fried Chicken. It, you can spend your money on what you like. But he had total envy. He was obviously envious of anybody who had something more than he did, which was a shame. I did promise you I'd bring you the, uh, the BAFTA rundowns very quickly, so I will. I'll tell you who got what. Best actor was Stephen Delane. You have to think for some of these. You really do. He was in the shooting of uh, Thomas Herndl on Channel 4. Best Actress, Anna Maxwell Martin. We're a bit naive in this department, I'm afraid. Not doing very well here. Poppy Shakespeare, Channel 4. Entertainment performance, Harry Hill. Isn't it funny? We all know Harry Hill, because we just love the programme. Comedy performance, David Mitchell for Peep Show. Uh, single drama, White Girl. No, we don't know that one either. Drama series, Wallander. No, we didn't know that either. That's BBC One. Uh, drama serial, Criminal Justice. No, we don't know that one. We're not doing very well here at BAFTA, are we? We're quite clear. And I thought, I thought we watched a lot of television, but quite clearly we don't. Continuing drama, The Bill. We know, we know The Bill. We're right there. International, Mad Men. 
You've heard of it, okay. Factual series, The Amazon with Bruce Parry. We know, we know Bruce... Do we know Bruce Parry? Yeah, we know Bruce Parry. Uh, specialist, Factual Life in Cold Blood. That's for Attenborough, so we know that very well. Feature, The Choir, Boys Don't Sing. Now, I remember, I think... I'm sure I saw a bit. Was it one of those documentary programmes? And I didn't think they sang anyway, actually, so I thought the title was quite accurate. Uh, Current Affairs, Saving Africa's Witch Children. That was a dispatches programme. Do you remember seeing... I saw a bit of that. Fascinating. News coverage, News at 10 on the Chinese earthquake. Uh, interactivity... Interactivity pro. Guess what? Embarrassing bodies online. Have you seen this programme? Dear Lord and baby Jesus. I mean, I could not believe that people who've got, let's just call it peculiar illnesses, want to go on television to have their bits prodded and probed. I've never seen anything like it in my entire life. I turned off. I thought, it's, it's like, I mean, you know, why don't we just have next? Um, uh, let's have a, oh, I was going to say, let's have an autopsy. But of course, we've had an autopsy on television. We've had an autopsy. But why don't they just show you the inside of an undertaker's, you know, a dated... I know we've had it inside, but there are certain things that they don't show you because they don't want you to be offended. But having seen embarrassing bodies online, I don't think there's anything that you cannot show on television now. Entertainment programme, X Factor. That's the key word there, entertainment, OK? Not talent or anything else. Uh, sport was the Brazilian Grand Prix. I got a BAFTA, the Brazilian Grand Prix, for watching blurred adverts. <coughs> that was it. Situation comedy, the IT crowd. Uh, oh, you like that? I've never even heard of it. Uh, the Phillips Audience Award, Skins. We've heard of that. We have now established who Jane Tranter is, and the Academy Fellowship goes to Dawn French and Jennifer Saunders. Although, to be honest with you, I don't think they've been funny for some time. So perhaps it was, perhaps it was a, a, late, a late entry. Oh, and guess who's reforming? They're going to be announcing it tomorrow. I can bring you this exclusively. That, uh, guess who's going to be reformed? You're so excited about this, aren't you? you? I bet you can't wait to discover which group are reforming. Get your money, get your credit cards. You'll have to buy tickets for them because they're very, very popular and very, very famous. And individually, they've all done terribly well indeed. But they're getting back together just so they can come and sing for you again. How grateful w- are you going to be? When I, when I tell you who, which group it is that have decided to reform, to get many, because they're not earning any money, and to get back together and to come back and to give of all their hits. And it's, it's just so exciting. When I first heard it, I thought, I'm going to get my, my credit card out and I'm going to buy a ticket to go and see... London's biggest... LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Steve Allen. Text 84850. Morning, everybody. Oh, by the way, the group, I forgot to mention, the group who are reforming tomorrow, and you better be buying tickets, Blue. Blue are reforming. I know, you were hoping it was going to be something interesting, weren't you? But it's Blue, so obviously they need... They split up a short while ago, strangely enough. Anyway, fresh from the marathon. I say fresh. You didn't actually run. <laughs> not that fresh, either. <laughs> no, not, not fresh, either. <laughs> everybody else, I don't think, is in today who was running the marathon yesterday. No, I don't think so. Really? Don't blame did me. You, get, you got sunburnt, didn't you? I did a bit, actually. Yeah. yeah. It was quite strong, the sun, yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, we had bad news in the horse racing department, but uh, before that, Mr Blacker, our sports editor, has the sporting headlines. Indeed. Good morning. Ryan Giggs has been named the Professional Footballers Association Player of the Year for the uh, first time in his illustrious career. The 35-year-old takes the honour from his fellow prize, despite starting just 12 Premier League games for Manchester United this season. It comes in the week he's set to make his 800th appearance for the club. Aston Villa's Ashley Young has been named Young Player of the Year. Seth Fabregas believes he'll be fit for Arsenal's Champions League semi-final against Manchester United on Wednesday. The Gunners' captain got both goals in their 2-0 victory over Middlesbrough yesterday, but was withdrawn after picking up an injury early in the game. Fabregas tells Sky Sports News it wasn't as bad as first thought. 
I had this, this kind of tackle that you twist your ankle and your knee, uh, so I was a bit scared at the time. So that we decided with the boss that if we scored one more goal, maybe I could have a little bit of a rest. So fortunately, it, it came quite uh, quick, and I think uh, I will be okay. Arsenal's win was their sixth in the last seven league matches and stretches their unbeaten run to 20. Elsewhere yesterday, Blackburn beat Wigan 2-0 to put the relegation pressure on Newcastle and Portsmouth who meet tonight. Chelsea captain John Terry's accused West Ham fans of going too far in their abuse of him and Frank Lampard during Saturday's game at Epton Park. A section of the Hammers' support targeted the pair throughout and objects were reportedly thrown at them as they celebrated Salomon Kalou's winner. Jensen Button has extended his lead in Formula One's World Championship after winning the Bahrain Grand Prix. So the Braun GP driver's third victory in four races this season. World champion Lewis Hamilton came in fourth. Button has called it the most satisfying win so far. We haven't had the pace that we've had at the first few races and I don't know where it's gone. I, I guess these guys have just caught up and, and maybe... Um, passed us, but um, I made it work, and I came out of the last corner in third on the first lap, and um, from then on, it was uh, it was a tough race, but uh, very enjoyable. Britain's Mario Meucci is targeting a medal at the 2012 Olympics after taking two minutes off her personal best when finishing second in yesterday's London Marathon. She'll be 38 by the time the Games come round, but doesn't think that'll be a problem. I think for marathon running, age doesn't matter that much. I think 38, you know, people would say it's old, but for me, it's not that old, so... I'm really hoping I can be there and challenge for a medal. And there are five race meetings today. This afternoon they go at Newcastle, Toaster and Plumpton. And then uh, there are evening meetings later at Southall and Windsor. Right. Well, fortunately <laughs> for you, Mr Jensen had a winner. Did he? There's a surprise. There's <laughs> a surprise. He picked Master of Disguise... Uh, Alex's affluent was third out of eleven. Master of Disguise won at three to one. His profit was six pounds. Nice. So he's made you a little bit of money. He's done well. Very well. Twenty pound fifty four. Although when he came in yesterday, as he was heading off to the, he looked like he'd just been dragged up from bed. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only man who manages to look dishevelled, having come in from a long journey. I don't know how far it takes you or how long it takes you to get in the morning. About an hour. About an hour. Yeah. Oh, he's only down the road then, comparatively speaking. <laughs> so today we're off to Plumpton, strolling vagabond. Is Alex's choice. The 4.30 at Plumpton. Strolling Vagabond, win only. So you need something impressive. I do. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure it's going to happen. I'm going to Windsor. <laughs> Starts off on a downer, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it's, yeah <laughs> I'm not going to big it up just in case. Yeah. Um, 5.25 at Windsor, Diamond Laura. Diamond Laura? Yeah. Oh, right, I know somebody called Laura. If she's listening. It's you, love. You're a diamond. Is she a diamond? Uh, she could be, actually. <laughs> a bit of a rough diamond, I think, <laughs> she, would, she would be cast as. So Strolling Vagabond and... Diamond Laura. Diamond Laura. Okay. So those are our choices. Only for fun, believe you me. Only for fun. But was it like yesterday? Did you see Jordan and Peter Andre? Uh, I didn't. I have to admit that I'd finished by the time they, oh, they got Oh, of course the I'd, Yes, I'd tell it, because yes, <laughs> they were still going for I, I, seven yeah, hours. I, I was there, with, uh, left about three o'clock, and I think they were still halfway around. Right. What's it um, like? I've, I mean, I've, I've, I've never actually covered it, but I've watched it loads of times on the telly. Is it better mm. watching it live? It or? is. It was really, really good, actually. Yeah. I mean, I was obviously at the start and the finish, so I got both extremes, and anyway, yeah. it was quite good to sort of see it through. And, um, do they stagger through? They do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they were looking in uh, in quite a lot of discomfort at the end, as Not you can imagine. But I mean, it was great because they'd, they'd achieved what they wanted to achieve. And it well, was, uh... Uh, one of the columnists for the uh, for the Mirror, Clemmy, did it in three hours fifty two minutes, which I mean, I think it's is pretty good going. Well, it's not bad going. Any, anything around about the four hour mark is is pretty amazing. Well, she did better than Gordon Ramsay, who was four hours five minutes. Mm. But I mean, it, you know, and Ronan Keating did four hours fifteen minutes. Right. So it's, it's not bad it's at not, all. Not bad. At I thought all. you could do that. I thought you'd have the stamina for doing something like that. <laughs> 
Obviously, you not. know, every, every year that I cover it, I always think next year I might run it because you get kind of get caught up in it. You've really got to train for it, though, haven't you? Oh, a friend of mine yeah, started doing yeah. it and then started doing a mile, and the next day two miles, and then you build up. Yeah, and build no, up. You, you'd need to train for the best part of a year to do it. I, think. I would think so. Yeah. So some of these people, as I say, they'll be aching and there'll be lots of. Do they give embrication? Have they got sort of people rubbing you when you? <laughs> I don't know if people end? do it, but they they, they have. Uh, they have the medication available, I think. They all get little bags at the end with all the, oh, all the stuff know. in. Yes. Here is the number of your nearest hospital. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. There was an ambulance at the finish as well. Was there? Just in, just case. in case of people. I think about 6,000 people needed uh, some sort of treatment. Good Main, Mainly because of the heat. Yeah. Which apparently is, is normal. Well, somebody said they had, was it 750,000 bottles of water or yes, 75? Yeah, yeah, Whatever yeah, it was, yeah. it seemed a hell of a lot. Yeah, 750,000, I think. Good grief. Nice to have. Maybe next year. Perhaps Phil and I do it next year. No, no free bottles of water for the press, though, sadly. Was it not? No, not where I was, anyway. Cheeky devils. <laughs> Cheeky devils. Shan't mention whose marathon it is, then. <laughs> there you go. Phil, thank you. Thank you. Phil's back with us, uh, with Nick Ferrari, after the news at seven o'clock this morning. Actually, talking to people coming back, I noticed that Carol Vorderman is going to make an emotional return to Channel 4 next week, despite publicly blasting some of the TV station's bosses when she quit Countdown. She's only going on that quiz thing with, uh, with Chris... So it's not, it's not really, I, mean, I don't know what she's been doing since then, but she must have amassed a small fortune. I haven't actually discovered whether she's on the Sunday Times rich list, because there are loads of people in entertainment, and not that many people in entertainment. I tell a fib, actually, years ago there would be, and I haven't had a chance to go through. And what, what would she come under? Would it be um, 20, richest in football? No. Star signs of the rich, the top newcomers, where they made their money. Rich hoteliers, millionaires in fashion. The 50 richest in the world, which is not going to be there. I mean, she's, she's probably in there. She must have a few million, I would think. If Katie Price has got 30 million, then there must be other people. Unfortunately, let's see if she's... Uh, if she's actually, because it's, it's alphabetical order, so she, she might be in here. We never know. Let's see if we can find Carol Vorderman just, just very quickly. And I have a feeling she's not in there. So, in other words, I think they start at about... Can you believe, actually, Carol Vorderman is not in here. And yet, strange enough, Gareth Gates is, with four million. So, in the Sunday Times rich list, Gareth Gates makes it, um, and, and not Carol Vorderman. Do you think it's if these people have public accounts? Because I've noticed, as well, that Paul McKenna's not in here. And Paul McKenna, I would think, would be, would be very rich. He, he must have made quite a few million over the, over the years. There's all sorts of people in here. The richest 1,000. So, uh, she's not in that list, but it, it made fascinating reading. So, uh, well done to her, making her come back on, uh, on Channel 4. Just for those people who've written in, somebody kept saying to me, what's a pandemic? A pandemic. We keep talking about this, uh, this uh, flu and saying it's a pandemic. This is an epidemic of infectious disease. It's an epidemic that spreads across a continent all world, worldwide. The first recorded one... Uh, was influenza pandemic. That was in 1510. And that spread from Africa to Europe. So that's... And then, of course, we had Asian flu. Remember Asian flu, which killed 70,000 people in America in 57, 58. Ten years later, Hong Kong flu came along and 34,000 people died. Spanish flu, first recorded in Kansas in 1918, became a pandemic. That killed 50 million worldwide, 200,000 in the UK. So when we talk about this, this flu then it's something that we should be concerned about. It's something we should be very, very concerned about. 84850, steve at So now you know, a lot of people quite worried about the fact that Blue are going to reform. Many people not even realising they were all still going, but they are, so good luck to the boy. I don't know why, actually. Now, will their fans still be there? I went to see them live. Will they better sell out big venues? Because I think if you're going to reform, 
you're going to need to have a hit single to get yourself back in the charts because E17's Reformation didn't didn't kind of work. I think they didn't get on at all. I think that was the problem. Blue, I think. I'm sure they always all got on, but is it is it time for a comeback? I mean, oh, the embarrassment if they decide to reform. Tickets go on sale, and a month later they're still there. That 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 would be the worst thing, wouldn't it? Patton Stansted says I agree with you completely about the level of some children's programmes. Sensible parents will, of course, monitor what children watch. But those children with TVs in their bedrooms have no censorship. I've been appalled by the standard of some shows. The BBC's CBB show has a so-called presenter showing children how to make things. It's noisy, highly coloured and speeded up. Certainly not suitable for little children. He speaks rapidly, of course, and looks a mess himself. It's not actually clear what he's doing. However, the night garden is so gentle, the voiceover clear and articulate. Over the days of Tony Hart. And thank you for giving us the facts about the new flu bug. As usual, clear and succinct. I just think so that people know what it is, because I wasn't aware of what a pandemic was. I knew that it was it was an epidemic of worldwide proportions, but I'd forgotten because somebody asked me the other day. Uh, Paul, Steve Carroll Vorderman, try the smug celebrity category. Well, she did earn a lot of money, didn't she? Was it £4,000 for each episode of Countdown? I thought, oh, goodness me, their, uh, their, their budget. Uh, another one here. He says, uh, Diamond Laura to win, says Angela. What a great in conversation yesterday. If you didn't hear it, it's a man that all the ladies were going crackers for, and a few of the men. And a few of the men. <laughs> so check it out if you go to the, uh, the podcasting, and you'll find all the details. You can download from as little as £2 a month. You can go and learn about um, podcasting. And it, it will, I promise you, save you a small fortune, because you will actually end up downloading tons of programmes, including probably James O'Brien from... Uh, from Friday. Dawn, morning Dawn, says, I'm not really excited about blue reforming. If you'd said Adam and the Ants, that would have had me getting my credit card out. Well, actually, I've heard a rumour that he might be coming back to do some, some gigs. You're right, as she said here, there have been rumours that Adam might come back. I've been listening live today, as I know nothing much has been happening in Hell's Kitchen. The final tonight, so you know who, um, who's in the final, don't you? Put fingers in ears, just in case somebody doesn't know. It's going to be Aid Edmondson, and Linda Evans, and they're in the final. They've split it into two uh, two programmes. Dawn says, I'm going to be going to Hornchurch in exactly four weeks today. It's strange, but I've heard that some others will be doing that too. It's amazing how many people are going to Hornchurch in, in exactly four weeks today. It's a Monday, is it, that you're going to Hornchurch? Good heavens, well, I mean, it must be a bank holiday. What can be going on? Who knows? 17, no, it's not. It's, I couldn't even tell the time then, actually. It's quarter to seven. 27.3. Morning, everybody. It's 12 minutes to 7. I was just looking out the window, actually, thinking, do you know, it's glorious today. It's absolutely... I'm going to get a mirror fitted. I'm going to get a mirror fitted outside this window so I can look up into Leicester Square. I've decided. It's the only way... Because at the moment, I'm looking at a rather... Well, it's a rather an attractive building, it has to be said. But it's not exactly filling me with, in, you know, with sort of a great deal of interest. I feel there should be something going on there. When I went to Westfield the other day... There's always something to watch because they've got uh, big screens up all over the place and you can watch things and it's touch screen and this and that. And I, and I quite like it, actually. But at the end of the day, it's another shopping centre. But I don't know how it's surviving. Financially, it can't be. I mean, all the shops that we passed, there was nobody in them. People were eating. Food places doing all right. But, uh, but nobody, nobody actually buying anything, which was a shame. Uh, Scott, morning, Scott. He says, uh, the children's BBC presenters who put their feet on the desk were Sam and Mark. I remember them now. Aren't they a bit old to be children's presenters now? I don't know what age these people are supposed to be, but very strange, I'm afraid. Uh, they go, Eve, the difference between pandemic and epidemic. Pandemic is worldwide. Epidemic is countrywide. OK, that's the, that's the simple 
definition. That's the simplest way I can tell you about it. I did like Mike Ward writing in the Daily Star today, saying exactly what we said, only putting it a little bit more succinctly. He said, did you catch Kelly Brook's debut as a judge on Britain's Got Talent? Gobsmackingly poor, wasn't she? Like some overexcited school kid who'd won the job in a competition on a Kellogg's Frosties pack and then turned up with a note from her mum. Dear Mr Cal, please excuse our Kelly from making any kind of constructive contribution to your show. And that's exactly what happened. She, she just completely daft as a brush, I'm afraid. Daft as a, there was also a, a street dancing group consisting of sort of a number of families, which, you know, was quite nice. But to be honest with you, I don't know whether it's viable to actually take anything like that out on the road. Uh, they're also taking bets, you know, is Susan Boyle going to be singing at the Royal Variety? I would think, I would think that Susan Boyle would probably be there. Don't you think so? By that time, they'll have done her up. She'll have her one album and then she'll disappear back and she'll go back to doing whatever it is she does, which appears to be not very much at the moment. She's complaining, or somebody's complaining on her behalf, by saying that every time she opens the front door, there's all the press out there. Well, that's what happens when you go on a television programme. But, you know, that's how it works. You go on a television programme and immediately uh, people start taking your picture. So you make up your mind. You either want to go into the business or you don't want to go into the business. Uh, Hell's Kitchen... Final tonight, which I think will be very good indeed. I can't believe as well that they're still milking the Jade Goody story. We, we exposed it last week on the programme when there was that silly little rumour doing the rounds that it was going to be Jade Goody the musical. Uh, there is no musical, there is no song, there is no score, there is no theatre booked, there is no nothing at all. Uh, nobody will put money into something like that. It costs hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds to put a musical on. Nobody would risk that. They really wouldn't. Um, and I think it's rapidly running out of steam. I suppose you've got to sort of go, oh, yes, that'll be a nice idea. But I, I can't think of anybody who'd go and see it. People lose fortunes in the, in the West End. Perhaps it'll be a touring show. Uh, there was talk as well of having a reality show on the television uh, so that they could cast the main character. And then somebody said, don't be so ridiculous. They haven't got any space in any of the schedules at the moment. So why on earth would they, would they do anything like that? And the answer is they wouldn't. They wouldn't. There isn't, there isn't anything, I think, on the, the schedule, and I've, I've looked at them far enough in advance. I don't think they can just drop things like that and put in a, a new programme. So who on earth would be interested? I can't think of anybody who would actually want to pay to go and see anything like that. I just, I just don't see it. Uh, the British Mum, we, we followed this story quite closely on LBC over the, uh, the weeks and months, jailed in the United Arab Emirates for adultery. So her husband said. But as you've already discovered, people can say anything about their wives over there. And for some reason, women tend not to be believed. Well, she's going to be freed early uh, and will be allowed to stay in the country to fight for custody of her two children. Uh, her two sons were taken away. She was sentenced to three months in prison after a Dubai court ruled she cheated on her Egyptian husband. He was then granted custody. That's how it works over there. You're, you're kind of up against a brick wall. And no matter, how, no matter how much you sort of say, listen, this is not the case, if he says something, they tend to believe the men. No idea why. No idea why. And uh, well done to Ruthie Henschel. Ruthie's going to go back on to uh, Dancing on Ice. She's going back as a judge, even though her four-year-old daughter, Dolly, is praying that she will quit it. And I think she secretly quite likes it. I think she secretly quite likes it. For the simple reason, it's a good fun programme, and she's sitting with Robin Cousins and Jason Gardner, who you remember, people are going, oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. And uh, he's so bitchy, and he said, no, he's just being honest. That's what people said about Simon Cowell. One man, and, and you, you should really find this article, so you probably find it on the internet, uh, was so traumatised, he walked around for an hour after Simon had, had said at one of the auditions, you can't sing. He walked down for an hour trying to get to grips with what Simon had told him. 
And I, I begin to wonder, having seen, I mean, there was some ridiculous man on there last night who, who dressed up as a woman and came on and, and sang some song. I can't remember what it was. It was, it was very, it might have been a Harry Nielsen. I think it could have been Without You or something. Uh, couldn't sing, didn't look like a woman. As Simon Cowell said, the whole purpose of, a, of drag is a man dressing up as a woman to look like a woman. Uh, this man was just an idiot. But then, as you looked at the programme, you realised that it then makes somebody who comes on and sings look quite good. So you put somebody stupid on, so the whole country laughs at them, and they're idiots. Luckily, he didn't make any of the papers today, so I felt a bit better about it. But he was on there, and then they bring on somebody else. They go, well, you're fantastic. But, of course, compared to the last thing, you know, somebody sitting there whistling Dixie through a straw would have been fantastic. But that, that's what people do. And you think, but they've actually been through the whole process the whole process of actually uh, vetting all these people. And so what you're seeing on the, the television is a result of months of work. Months of work. I mean, we don't know how, how far down the road they are with Susan Boyle. She might have already been in the studio and she might have recorded songs. I mean, I'm not too sure what the process is at the moment. I just know that there are certain bits, whether or not it's to keep the story going, in case the whole world goes, oh, I'm a bit bored with this now. Uh, Jonathan Ross uh, says the critics are out to get me. Uh, I would think Andrew Sachs would be top of the hit list. Do you not think so? I would have thought so. And um, here's Michael Caine, I quoted earlier. He says, we've got three and a half million layabouts on benefits, and I'm 76, getting up at 6am to go to work to keep them. Let's get everybody back to work so we can save a couple of billion and cut tax, not keep sticking it on. Couldn't agree more with him. Couldn't agree more. I don't know if it's a three and a half million layabouts. So there's an awful lot of people who do sponge off the system. And I think maybe the government, as opposed to wasting time and coming up with crackpot schemes to tax wealthy people, who pay quite enough tax as it is, uh, actually getting people out of and off benefits, which I've heard a million times over the years. I've lost track of the amount of governments who've said, right, we're going to get people off benefits. And they don't. There's still people out there. If I, I'd love to work in a benefit office for the day. What do you mean you want money? For what? Get to out. Get out. Go and find a job somewhere. I, I can't work. Why? Well, I haven't worked for years. Well, you're going to be starting now, aren't you? Otherwise, you're going to starve. It's as simple as that. There's some people who just cheat the system. And, and those are the people that you've got to get out there. I think it's a case of you either, here is a job, you don't go for training, we take away your benefits, and your mummy and daddy can look after you. And, uh, and that'll, be the, uh, that'll be the way forward. So it'd be awful, wouldn't it, if people had to leave the country? Andrew Lloyd Webber has said the same. Nick will be discussing that uh, on breakfast this morning, whether or not there's going to be this mass exodus of British entrepreneurial talent. Uh, also, the chief executive of the RSPCA, what we do with all these abandoned animals. I wasn't aware there were a load of abandoned animals. I know that the most abandoned dog is a staff a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. Ask any of the animal sanctuaries, RSPCA, PDSA, uh, Blue Circle, any of these people, and they'll tell you staffs. They've got loads of them. For some reason, people seem to, to want to have a, a Staffordshire Bull Terrier. It's a shame that when they do get them, they don't actually train them properly. Because that would be helpful. You can always see these poor people, you know, walking down the street being dragged along by their dogs. I think there's one London borough that's actually doing a microchipping, so at least they can trace these people, make it a lot easier. Here's Terry Jones, looking for all the world like a very proud grandfather. And yet, strangely enough, for 67-year-old Mr Jones, the brunette pictured with him is his 26-year-old lover. He's got a picture of his wife here, Alison. Their daughter is older than the girl he is going out with. What is it with older men and very young girls? Well, I don't need, shouldn't have to explain that to anybody at all. But you do think it's a bit sad, isn't it? 
you know, old man like Gary Lineker with a girl like Danielle Bucks who's been around the block a few times, and 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 then perhaps they don't see these things happening. Now she wants to. They're not even married yet. Not even married. Sarah says Anton Dex said the auditions were done in January. So here we are. We're in April. That's coming into. Uh, I can't believe we're coming into May. I thought it was only like yesterday we were talking about Christmas and stuff like that, but uh, not. And the uh, the half brother of England football star Jermaine Defoe is thought to have been murdered over a drugs debt. I knew that story would emerge sooner or later. He was ambushed and beaten by a gang near a drug dealing den in Leytonstone. I don't know. In my day, Leytonstone was just a nice place to go to. A drug dealing den in Leytonstone. It's just just beggars belief, doesn't it? Uh, very quickly. Uh, independent. They talk about swine flu, which no doubt we'll be talking about on uh, LBC today. At uh, the Times, Jensen scorches to desert victory. And for some strange reason, I've had a copy of the Financial Times, which has got swine flu. Who declares the health emergency? I'm back with you uh, tomorrow morning. Do go to lbc.co.uk. Learn how to podcast. It will change your life. And if the day looks as good later on as it is now, it'll be a pleasure. Nick's with you next on LBC.